Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now let's talk about the English Premier League. What a game this morning. I must admit, I was surprised by the result. I just thought Liverpool would at least get a draw against Manchester United. United have been very poor on the back end of that 4-0 hammering by Brentford only a week or so ago. But it was a turn-up for the books, a 2-1 win to Manchester United, and it's quite unfathomable to think that Liverpool have not recorded a win in the first three games of the English Premier League season. To join us, a man that knows about the EPL, knows about the world game, is Daniel Garber. Garby, a very good evening to you. Is it hard to comprehend, now you're a Liverpool supporter, that uh, they have not won a game in the opening three games of this season? Yeah, it's been quite surprising how lethargic Liverpool have been, and that came to the fore at Old Trafford this morning. United were a hell of a lot better than they've been in their first two games. Let's not forget that. I mean, they lost 4-0 to Brentford. Um, They were down 4-0 inside. 40 minutes or something like that and lost at home to Brighton 2-1. We were terrible in both games. Uh, Eric Ten Hag changed things up. He dropped his captain, Harry Maguire. Um, he kept Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench. And there was a new spirit in the way that they play. Credit them. They were everything Liverpool weren't. They were energetic. They were desperate. And Liverpool were sluggish. And they have been for the first three games of the season. They've got injury concerns. Yes, there are a lot of players out. There are key midfielders out, which is hurting them at the moment. But the spirit is not there right now. Uh, there just seems to be a, a bit of complacency creeping into their game. And, and that is a, a real concern, I think, for Liverpool fans because it shouldn't be happening this early in the season. And uh, United got ahead of them early and it was almost as if the Liverpool players thought that we can get back into this game and get the job done. But they probably thought that in their first three games this season, they've been behind in all of them and they haven't managed to get a victory. So, yep, big worries there for the Reds. They have managed to go on so many good runs over the last six or so seasons under Jurgen Klopp that you certainly afford them a lot of time and credit in the bank. But uh, yeah, it is a big worry this early on the way in which they're performing and uh, United maybe not back on track, but that's a big moment for them early on in the Eric Ten Hag era. Yes, and we saw him firsthand here, of course, at Perth some weeks ago when Manchester United and Aston Villa fought it out in pretty ordinary conditions in that draw. Can I ask you where, what you know regarding the latest of Cristiano Ronaldo? Of course, played last night, the summer transfer window. Gabby, when does that close? Uh, that closes usually um, at the end of August, early September. So there isn't too much time for Cristiano Ronaldo to try and get a move away from Manchester United or for Manchester United to move him on. To be honest, United won't say this publicly because I don't want to bring down his transfer fee and, or upset Ronaldo anymore. But I'm quite certain that Eric Ten Hag doesn't want him there. I think he would like to get rid of the Ronaldo distraction. Why wouldn't you? You're trying to build a new project. He's on massive money. He's not guaranteed a starting place and he's not happy about that. I think you'd want to move him on and, and set up a system where there isn't that big 
ego in the dressing room potentially causing some issues. As much as when it comes to game time, he's focused on scoring goals and behind the team. He wants to start and be a main man. But the problem is other big clubs don't want him because he comes with a big wage uh, price, of course, and also because he, he wants to play every week and at 37, 38 years of age, managers don't want to, to do that with Ronaldo because he doesn't offer enough defensively anymore. He can't chase and tackle and harass and press from the front. Offers a goal threat, but those other aspects are so important to the way you play as a team. So that's a quandary for them, but uh, yeah, it didn't bother them too much against Liverpool. It's an interesting-looking uh, English Premier League table at the moment, even though it's only three games in it, and they play 38. So there's plenty of water to go under the bridge but Arsenal sitting on top. As we know, last season, they were very, very poor for the first half mm. of the EPL campaign. You look at Arsenal, and the side that I'm going to watch very closely, because I reckon after what they did on the weekend, the Magpies could be a team to watch. A 3-3 draw against Manchester City. And at one stage, they were in front by three goals to one. Your thoughts on the Gunners and your thoughts on Newcastle? Arsenal started really well, and uh, that is something to be buoyed about if you're an Arsenal fan because they started last season really poorly, and they've got Europa League football to come, and that is going to be a potential hurdle for them, managing two games in a week when they haven't been used to that for a couple of years. And uh, and on the young players, that's going to be a test, but they have a, a vibrant squad. The signing of Gabriel Jesus has been such an important one for them. It's given them a hard-working, talented, skillful player in attack for the others to operate around. And the likes of Martinelli are growing more and more. The same with Martin Odegaard is playing really well at the moment. Saliba at the back is uh, is stepping up. So uh, the Gunners are looking sharp. There are tests to come, and their fans know that. But uh, yeah, to get some momentum going early is really important. But we knew that Newcastle would be a threat. I mean, they spent more money than any team in the world last January after they were taken over by the Saudi Arabia um, group, of course, and, uh, and so that's given them financial power and they've got a good squad. And at home, that place in James's Park, I've been there, it absolutely rocks and it makes them a difficult team to play against. So, yeah, big moment for them getting a draw against Manchester City and, and they're a side that you expect to push for a European spot, not the Champions League, but, but the Europa League potentially this season. So Liverpool sit in 16th position. Everton, of course, uh, their Merseyside neighbours in 17th. They've only picked up the one draw in three. And then we've got Manchester United in 14th position, their first win this morning of the season. And then just a couple of cogs above them is Chelsea, who were beaten at Ellen Road by Leeds by three goals to nil. How do we read Chelsea this season? Yeah, they, they're a funny one, Chelsea. It's hard to know exactly where they're at. I mean, they've left a lot of their transfer work really late. I mean, bringing in Raheem Sterling was excellent. He hasn't really shone yet for them, although I think he, he will start delivering when the squad gets a little bit more settled. But they don't really seem to be there just yet. They're looking at a number of players coming in still. They don't have a true striker. That is potentially an issue for them. They're trying to solve that right now with with signings, but I think we'll only see the best of Chelsea when things settle down and they've got a first 11 locked in. But you know, Leeds aren't an easy team to play against either, especially early on in the season. You know, when teams have got energy about them and they're vibrant, it's tough to play some of the sides who you know, are playing in, in stadiums that are, that are pumping. And if you just off your game a little bit, you get caught out. Chelsea makes a big mistake through the keeper and Mendy early on. They go down 1-0 and then Ellen Road is up and about and and it's tough to get back into the game. So, yeah, they've got some problems. And at the back, they're not quite set yet either. 
a lot of players coming in, as I said, and maybe they haven't got their structure down pat. But uh, once they settle, you still expect them to be a top four side. Now, Garby, I know you're a Liverpool supporter. You'll pick up three points this week. If you don't pick up three points at Anfield this week <laughs> against Bournemouth, then there'll be some serious questions answered of uh, Jurgen Klopp and what's happening there. But you think they beat uh, Bournemouth this week? You'd think so. But you know what? Liverpool in 20, 2021, the year after they won the league, in the second half of the season, they went through this barren run that people might remember where they lost a number of games in a row and they just couldn't seem to snap out of their funk until really late in the season and then they snared a top four spot. They just seemed mentally shot for a good couple of months. There are similar traits at the moment and, and that is the worry. Are they mentally just not there? Are they drained from last season? Is there a reason why there's this lack of spirit in the team or is it just injuries and they need a couple of players back and they need a full week to prepare for a home game and then a big performance at home gets them going. It's hard to know at this stage, um, but there are some traits, traits of a bad run in the past and you know that's not going to make life easy against Bournemouth, but of course they should win and, and maybe they just need to get three points at home. Maybe it's just a slow start and they're up and going again. Maybe the criticism they'll face from that poor performance against United will snap them into action before they return to Anfield on the weekend and they'll be up and going. Okay, and let's go north to Scotland because everybody's got interest in the Scottish uh, Premier League at the moment. Rangers dropped their uh, first points of the season, that 2-2 draw with Hibernian. They were down to nine men late in the second half. And, of course, Celtic just got the uh, job done at home against Hearts by one goal to nil. Your thoughts on the race in two between Rangers and Celtic and, of course, the, the injection of Australian uh, content at Celtic with Harry Kill being an assistant coach and, of course, Aaron Moy, uh, who often comes off the bench uh, because he's a bit underdone for Celtic. How do you see uh, Celtic buttering up after winning, of course, the Scottish Premiership last season? Yeah, and they played hard to have got Nathaniel Atkinson and Kai Rolls in their team, a couple of Socceroos. There's so many Aussies in Scotland at the moment. And, uh, yeah, Celtic are looking strong. They're looking good. They, they're picking up from where they left last season. I think the most intriguing aspect is, obviously, we want them to go back-to-back under Ange, unless you're a Rangers fan, of course. But from a neutral point of view or Aussie point of view, you'd love to see that. It would be great for Ange and would only improve his chances of going to a Premier League team in the future. But the Champions League will be the big test for them. I mean, that Celtic and Rangers, they relish that because, yeah, look, they want to win the league badly against their rivals, but they know that they need to take that next step in Europe. It means so much to them to be in those big competitions. And if Ange can go well in the Champions League, that will do wonders for his career as well. So that's the big watch on Celtic, but they've started the season nicely and, You'd imagine they'd be too strong for Rangers come the end of it, but there's a long way to go. Yeah, and finally, as I'll let you go, of course, a big match for Rangers Thursday morning when they play in that qualification, the second leg for them to get into the Champions League against PSV. How do you see that going, Garby? Do you think Rangers will join Celtic in the group stage? It'd be wonderful if they could. It'd be huge for uh, for Scottish football to have both teams in there, but... uh, but it's hard to know if they'll be able to uh, to have the quality. They're they're a solid side under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, but um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them to do it. But it'd be massive for Scottish football if so. Good on you, Garby. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll keep in touch here on SENWA Drive program with Peter Vlahos. Thanks for your time. Thanks, mate. Daniel Garb joining us, of course, on the program. He's our English uh, Premier League expert, and uh, we'll try and do that every Tuesday. 
here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. That's the program for tonight. Thanks for joining us. I'll be back again at 5 o'clock tomorrow right here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee, for your support tonight. Have a good night, everyone.